Worthy Weekly, delivering the best of humanity every Saturday. Here's your hosts, Allison Rosen and Todd Perry. Hello, everybody. It's the Upworthy Weekly Podcast. My name is Todd Perry, a staff writer here at Upworthy, and with me is the wonderful Allison Rosen, and you know her from the podcast. Allison Rosen is your new best friend, as well as Childish with comedian Greg, Fit- Greg Fitzsimmons. How's it going, Allison? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. I mean, you're going to hear and rate your week uh, a little bit later why... I may look a little more tired than usual. I might be a little look a little beleaguered, but I'm not going to get into that yet. We're going to save that. That's what that's what they call a tease in the business. I can't wait. I know. I can't wait. The suspense. My God, what's going on? Because we know that you are addicted to a certain kind of coffee pod thing that you yeah. shot that you pour in your coffee and then due to supply chain issues you couldn't get that and then you befriended a guy at 7-Eleven who would give you these so it's like has something interrupted your coffee again is that why you're tired but I get the sense it's more than that it's much it goes much deeper than that much Allison. deeper oh boy oh boy it's a regular Twin Peaks <sighs> so yes um so to keep the tease going I'm going to talk very slowly Oh, oh, good! You know how to make compa- you know how to make compelling audio, Todd Perry. That's, That's what they right. say about you. <laughs> That's why Allison Rosen is the host of two wildly popular podcasts and Upworthy and Weekly. One. Yeah, and this one. <laughs> so uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about Upworthy's most popular and engaging stories from June sixth to the tenth, including a woman who found a great way to save money on travel doing what she loves. Uh, we're going to find out why I'm not that into it. Um, a mother-to-be's list of her new her nose for her friends and family after having a baby. The worst thing people's pets have done and a whole lot more. Uh, but before we get to that, Allison, we just got to let the audience know that in addition to Upworthy Weekly, we've been on a lot of other shows this week trying to spread we- the word. Oh my word. It's like we did uh, like a press tour. We have mm. been everywhere. Are you sick of hearing our voices? I don't even know how someone could be, but I feel like I feel like I have been I'm just I feel like I feel I feel tired as well, Todd. I felt like that sentence was going somewhere more exciting and it really petered out near the end. But yeah, we've just a few of the podcasts we've done. We've both been on the Daily Zeitgeist. We were on a show called The Alarmist. That was super fun. Yeah, The Alarmist show. Not to take anything away from the Daily Zeitgeist guys. They are great. Uh, but Allison, also super fun. Also super fun. And I'm on the on Fridays, so you're probably listening on Saturday. So yesterday's show, Friday. Uh, but yeah, Allison and I were on The Alarmist. And what The Alarmist show is, it's about moments in history. And the hosts of the show break down what happened, and everybody fights over who was to blame. But it's a really funny show. So it's, I say it's a lot of ha-ha and a lot of history. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's catchy. That's good. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so we, who, who is to blame for the death of Lady Jane Grey? And by the way, she's not the wife of Earl Grey, the man behind the tea. Nope. And I don't mean gossip. No. And also, I don't mean the tea. I mean, I did mean the tea, but she's not that. She's not that Lady Jane Grey. I got excited for a second thinking this has something to do with tea, but it has nothing to do with tea 
it does have to do with gossip. I'm going to move on from this dumb joke that is going nowhere. Uh, anyway, and then also I was on a podcast called Just Between Us that was fun. And uh, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of the podcast we've been doing. We've just been everywhere, Todd. Everywhere. So with that, uh, Allison, let's get to some <laughs> stories here. Let's do it. All right. Uh, 911 operators share the wildest calls that had them laughing. Uh, and I thought to myself, well, that sounds like that could be a little grim. However, this is from a Reddit thread. Apparently, when 911 operators aren't saving people's lives, they're hopping onto a Reddit thread and sharing <laughs> uh, stories of calls. I mean, you have to, I feel like you should have a good sense of humor and also kind of like a gallows humor, but uh, of uh, the, you know, 911 people, they receive some calls that just make you laugh. And here are some of them. Uh, someone legit called me today to say some guy has a pet rock and he almost got hit by a car collecting his pet from the roadway. <laughs> now, I don't know at what point this guy called 911 or maybe someone else called 911 on the guy who was trying to get his rock from the I don't know. I'm just glad that everyone's OK. Here's another one that's very funny. I talked to a pizza delivery guy who couldn't reach his destination because a defiant chicken was standing in the middle of the road. I stayed with him on the phone as he pleaded with it to finally move along. Truly a chicken crossing the road moment. Mm. I, another hilarious one. I'd figured that as the dispatcher, you'd immediately just think somebody was pulling your leg because you have to have a bit of a BS detector uh, to do that yes. job. Right. This is true. Although I feel like on a slow it, on a slow night, you probably have more patience. If it's a if it's a if you're in a city with a lot of emergencies, you probably have a very well-honed BS and non-emergency detector and so you're going to just get rid of them fast. But if it's like a slow town, a slow night, you might have more time for chickens. Yes, what is your emergency? Well, I'm, I'm having a little bit of trouble because uh, I've got a truck, and uh, the truck, it's got a, some cargo inside of it. It's got some pizza inside the bag. Okay. I cannot get up the street because there is a uh, an ornery chicken sitting right here and just sitting in the road just clucking away. And he, every time I try to drive the truck left and then he moves right. Try to move right, moves left. Uh, I saw chicken moonwalk uh, for a little bit, just kind of rubbing it in my face. And this pizza here is going to get cold. So, is there any way that you could send out maybe an ambulance or uh, something to uh, eradicate this beast? Maybe call the Humane Society. Sir, we're not really at liberty to send out resources for a chicken in the road. Have you asked him to cross the road? I tried, but the chicken does not speak English. Do you speak chicken? Have you tried clucking at him? Try it with me on the line. Now what's happening? It just itched itself. Itched itself? Let me try one more time. Okay. Now what? Okay, now he's moving a little bit. He just looks kind of annoyed that I'm, I'm distressing him, and then also he's offended that I'm impersonating a chicken. Try one more time. Okay. I think this is the one. Oh, he's 
this this has been a joint effort. Please leave me a nice Yelp review. Uh, I took a call where a guy insisted he was in an argument with a man dressed as a giant Pepsi bottle. He said the man in the Pepsi suit has stolen his, had stolen his debit card and refused to give it back. Upon arrival, the officer, officers told me he was high as S-word and arguing with a vending machine. Oh, oh. They all seem to have a, gr- a great sense of humor about this. I, I would just be annoyed. The man dressed. Uh, imagine how intimidating that must be. If like you think that a huge, a huge, what are those like eight feet tall? Where they weigh like yeah, four tons, big. you know, with a huge Pepsi machine, and the guy's just screaming yeah. back at it. <laughs> stole, stole your debit card. Here's a fun one. A little kid called nine one one because he wanted the cops to come and arrest his brother. You see, their mom said that the caller's brother was supposed to share the Legos, but he wasn't sharing. Therefore, his brother was a liar, a jerk, and a turd, and we needed to come and arrest him. And then there's a PS, though, which is interesting. If your kid ever calls 911, don't get mad at them. We want them to call 911 if they think they should. We would much rather have them call 911 for something silly than have them not call when they should because they're afraid they'll get in trouble. Now, do you get a bill? Do you get a bill for that if there's not an emergency? You know, that is a really good question. Is that, uh, and I wish I had the answer. But you always hear that there is a bill. So the question is, is it true or is that apocryphal? I think maybe I feel it like depends we should... where you live. You know what? This is an Upworthy Weekly promise. I don't even know if I'm at liberty to make. I am a co-host of Upworthy Weekly. Yeah. I am going to do something I've never done before. Research. I'm going to find well, out the answer to that and I'm going to bring it on to the next show. Let me make okay. a note to myself. So, Bill... Nine one one question mark. Next week, no, I gotta, okay. I gotta make it out loud next week. Okay, I promise I will let everyone know whether you actually get a bill from nine. You know what though, if you have called nine one one for a non emergency reason, uh, and you've received a bill, let us know. Todd, tell them uh, where they can email that info. Well, you can email us at upworthyweekly at upworthy dot com. And a college kid uh, called 911 asking for an ambulance because he was concerned that he was allergic to the weed he had smoked. Asked for the symptoms, he said, I just can't stop eating Cheetos. That's a fun one. Upworthy Weekly. Pet owners share the worst thing their pet has ever done, and some have been very, very bad. A Reddit user recently asked pet owners, what's the worst thing your pet has ever done? And boy, some critters really know how to act out. Whether it's fur babies or feathered friends or scaly companions, pets are capable of some truly horrific slash hilarious antics. We love them anyway, of course, writes Heather Wake. My dog, and so here here are some of them. Uh, My dog dug up my neighbor's cable line on Super Bowl Sunday when they had a big crowd coming over. Oh, wow. Oh, geez. That's got to be the worst. And pro- possibly because you don't know what happened. You know, mm. it's just like the TV's off. You've got all the friends over. You start slapping the TV going, I know this is going to be fine. And then somebody <laughs> else is sitting there going like, I told you. I told you not to get Spectrum, dude. You should have got Dish. She's like, I know. I got the Spectrum and it was a good deal. And then some idiot comes in and goes, you know, you know, you can uh, hook up an antenna still these days to a, a TV. And it actually looks pretty good. <laughs> And that's me, actually. I'm that guy. Oh, really? He's like, you know the antenna? Oh, yeah. I, oh, I, no. in, in a poor attempt to get off of cable, 
I, uh, you know, because eventually you have so many like apps that you don't even watch all of them, and then you're you end up spending eight hundred bucks a month on TV. So I, I I hooked up one of those antennas to the back of my television, and there's like 400 channels on there, and it's all stuff catering to very, very old people. Like, you can watch, like, Johnny Carson 24-7. <laughs> uh, Carol Burnett. You want yourself some Carol Burnett? Oh, it's I on do the antenna. Want, I do want Carol Burnett. Where do you get an antenna? Amazon? <laughs> yeah. And you I'm, just plug it in. No, for real, where do you get one? No, really, they're not that hard to find. Like you, you, yeah. Amazon. Uh, if you have a Radio Shack near your house, um, they've got that. And then also the really weird thing is they have TV, whole TV channels that run twenty four hours a day of stuff you can normally see on YouTube for kids. So it's like you've got twenty four hours of uh, Blippy, aka Steezy Grossman. Really? Um, you've got wow. Ryan's World. You've got those little Russian <gasps> kids who play with Tonka trucks all day. Get out of here. And, and like, how's the reception or the clarity? Oh, it's phenomenal. It's really? phenomenal. It looks great, you know? Are you serious? So, yes, this I'm is, totally this serious. This crazy. And, and the funny thing is that when, whenever I switch over to the antenna, which is usually a really bored night, and I sit there, and then what happens is I just scroll. I'm like, wow, they got that, huh? Oh, they got me TV. Oh, Kojak's on. And then I just sit and go through all of them and I never watch anything because I just I just scroll the whole time and I'm just blown away. Yes. And then I walk into into my room and I see my wife sleeping and I was like, you know that they have Columbo on 24 <laughs> seven on an antenna. And I don't think anybody knows about this. And then she just looks at me, you know, and like goes back to watching people hump on Netflix. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> That's what I would do too. Uh, one night I was staying in a hotel and I had one of those sleep number beds and I did not get any oh. sleep because I was just like, what is my sleep number? And I just kept, this is how, this is how like curious and somewhat fidgety and how much I have to explore all my options as if it was a, a, a TV where I could scroll through all the channels. I was just like playing with the sleep number remote control the whole night exploring the different numbers on the bed. So yes, I would also have to scroll through all the channels and not watch anything. Another person wrote, my parrot has learned to swear and will not stop. <laughs> the weirdest thing is that I don't even know how he learned. And this person, it's kind of a funny typo, learnt, L-E-A-R-N-T. I don't know, even know how he learnt to swear. I would like to uh, have a parrot... And then, um, you know, you know, they had the, the hair that sticks up on top. Cockatoos? I, I get one with the yellow. Yeah. I, but a cockatoo that talk like a parrot. And <laughs> I just teach it. I just teach it Donald Trumpisms. Ooh. I figured it really freak people out if they came over. Yeah. And it was like. Donald Trump the cockatoo. Yeah. People are saying things. I'm hearing things. <laughs> you know. Tremendous. Like, yeah. You could definitely like get to say you're fired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're fired. Oh, that's amazing. You know? I feel like that I feel like that bird must exist. Yeah. Radical leftist Joe Biden. You know? <laughs> and people would be like, What are you what are you watching all day that your, you know, parrot knows all the Trumpisms? Are you are are you secretly a Fox News guy? And it's like, no, the the parrot, he's just a real Republican, you know. He's just a real died in the 
Died in the feathers GOP guy. That's not my thing. It's the parrot's politics. Take <laughs> right. it up with him. <laughs> I love that. Let's see here. And this this one's a little long, but this one was quite joy joyous. And I, but I don't know. You tell me if the person's reaction to this was was correct. But this person is on the other side of grammar, and they started with, whilst walking my friend's Dalmatian. I, I, it's like it's just you know. Oscar Wilde writing on Reddit here. Uh, <laughs> whilst walk, walking my friend's Dalmatian, Stripey, one summer's day in a park filled with happy picnickers and laughing children, she spotted a birthday party. A river separated the party from us, and underestimating her love of food, I kept her off the leash. I'm not sure how she even saw the birthday cake wrapped in tinfoil, but she leapt she into the river it. before I could stop her. I think. She yeah. tore apart the tinfoil like a savage and devoured the cake before quickly moving on to the barbecue where she managed to eat every sausage, burger, and chicken leg she could see whilst oh the birthday boy watched in terror. I stood awkwardly on the other side of the water, shouting her name and apologizing profusely, but she only listened when she had decided her meal was over after which she swam calmly back over the water and pranced into the distance whilst the entire family stared me down. I'm sorry, birthday boy. I hope your day wasn't too badly ruined. I feel like it probably was. That's pretty intense. Um, I would imagine... Imagine the horror. I know! That like you're just having your birthday party and then suddenly a Dalmatian comes swimming across a river and then tears open your birthday cake and eats all the food. And I imagine you'd be thinking, I hope this dog doesn't attack us as well. I don't know that you would know the dog is only going to be <laughs> eating the food. Also, a Dalmatian <laughs> named Stripey. That's creative. Um, yeah, that is that's a very bad dog. It's like a it's like a zebra named Dot. Yes, you know? it, it's exactly like that. They don't say, they say, you know, there was a river separating, mm-hmm. so couldn't go over there, couldn't do anything. They didn't, couldn't go, oh, geez, let me order you some food. This dog just ate all your food. They just said, they're like, well, I'm sorry, I was walking my dog off leash and it ate and ruined your entire party, but dogs will be dogs. Yeah, I've got a real low tolerance for people who walk their dogs off leash. Usually it's because I'm worried about their dogs attacking another dog, but this counts as another reason not to do this stuff. This guy Mine is, is more of a rage of the, of like, I could never have my, uh, my dog off leash because it would just run away and never come back. Yeah. It would choke on the yeah. taste of freedom. I'm choking on the taste of freedom. No. <laughs> they, uh, I was thinking about terrible things that my animals have done. And I think the worst ever thing was uh, I used to work in an advertising agency and I was a writer there. And uh, we used to, it was a hip place in Venice Beach where you could bring your dog to work. But <laughs> the weird thing was there's one girl in the office who brought a pit bull. Mm. And it made me a little uneasy, like sitting by a pit bull all day. Okay, because I, I know we'll get specific racism. 
Yeah, well, I know that there's going to be some people that write and say, oh, pit bulls are wonderful and blah, 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 and they're misunderstood. I get that. But it just happens to be like nine times out of ten when like a baby is eaten by a domesticated animal, it's usually a pit bull. But so the, the woman had the pit bull in the office, and I was always like, oh, why don't, hey, why not bring a jackal or a wolf into the office, you know? <laughs> but, it, but it ended up being that the biggest problem was my little furry terrier, Murray, Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a meeting one time, and I had him lassoed up to the the desk. And um, when when I was in the meeting, I guess the CFO of the company, the chief financial officer, walked right by my desk, and Murray just straight up bit oh, no. her on the stomach and drew blood. Oh my! Wait a minute. How did Murray? So Murray was. Tied to your desk, but on the ground, and she walked. Yeah, Murray and a, leaped through the air and attacked her stomach. Yeah, she was like, kind of tiny. She wasn't okay. Uh, very tall, you know. She was like five foot tall, you know. Still though, and, that's a leap. Yeah, and right? So obviously, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he was a very athletic animal. That's why I loved him. <sighs> but he just hated the CFO, and so I came back to my desk. There was an email from the owner of the company. Murray does not come back to the office. Yeah. And I was. So then I, I took the dog to a fat burger after for lunch. Because I that's wanted to get reward. out of the office. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe maybe it was hungry. Maybe that's why he went after her. Mm. But so and I, I, I tied my dog up to the chair outside while, while I was getting food and I brought the food back to sit down and I was going to give him a hamburger patty and a innocent man walked by he lashed Uh-oh. out and bit the guy on the heel oh my god did he draw blood again I don't I don't know he I, well, I don't know because the guy just walked off really really pissed yeah um, it's yeah. making me realize I've been very lucky where dogs are concerned because I'm trying to think if uh, I'm thinking about Woofy and Toby, these are the dogs that I grew up with. Toby is, my parents still have, to, well, they got Toby when I was an adult, so I didn't really grow up with him, but he's still like, you know, if I had a, if like my brother, the dog. Um, hmm. I don't think, I'm trying to think if they ever did anything like really bad. No. And then of the dogs that I have been my dogs, I've been very lucky. They, uh, I mean, like the really, you know, naughty things Wendy has done, it's really just stealing food and it's just kind of comical. It's not really like terrible. I forget if I've told the story about we bought half a pound of C's candy and she she cannot control herself around. (laughs) Like I think that some dogs are trained – like, I am very impressed by people who can just eat food in front of their dog and their dog is just cool about it. Like, she is not cool about other pe- about people eating in front of her. She will. She wants some of your food and she'll let you know. So I don't know where I had put this bag of chocolate, but I walked into the room to find that she had gotten it and there were, like, wrappers on the ground. She had eaten entire chocolates with wrappers and so I got very nervous because I know dogs are not supposed to eat chocolate called like oh yeah 
the vet, called the poison control line, da da da, like racked up bills for that. Um, but they, based on her, she was fine. She did not get sick at all. Her poop smelled better. Oh, she was totally fine. Upworthy Weekly. So uh, people are loving this mom to be's list of rules when meeting her baby. 20 year old Maisie Crompton. That's a cool name, is pregnant, and she made a TikTok video of eight rules when meeting her baby. Uh, This video has gone viral, and it's racked up over 600,000 views when we record this. By the time you hear this, probably billions more, and people are loving She was a little bit nervous when she made this video, like, are people going to be offended that she's setting out rules for meeting her baby? But people are loving it. I mean, the rules are all pretty sensible. They agree with it. Also, she's British, and I feel like... You can pretty much do anything with a British accent, and it sounds much more polite. And um, we have the audio from from her TikTok. I've seen a lot of people do rules when I have a baby, but I'm actually pregnant, so I thought I would do mine. First one, please don't kiss the baby. Very obvious. Just don't kiss them anywhere, please. No unannounced visitors, because I really don't think I'm going to be up for socialising when a baby's literally just come out of me. Don't announce our baby has arrived until we do on social media or in person. Um, I would have told all of the people that I wanted to tell, so just keep it to yourself. No photos of the baby posted until we do. I feel like that's quite self-explanatory. Do not come if you're sick. I don't care if it's just like a small cough or you've had it for ages. Like, I really don't care. Just don't come if you're sick. Wash your hands before holding them because their immune system is not going to be the best and you've probably touched loads of stuff. Number seven, do not ask to see the baby if you haven't spoken to me or asked how I am throughout my pregnancy. Like, just know. Number eight, if our baby cries, please hand them back to me or their dad because I do not want to watch my baby cry from a distance. Mm. I feel like these are pretty sensible. Mm. I think in the I think mm. it's people are more familiar now with the idea of don't post any photos of a baby. I think there was a little more gray area in the past. It was a little bit now everyone's like pretty hip to the idea of a lot of people don't want their baby on social media, etc. Um, I think the not kissing the baby thing, it's good just to make that rule. However, the thing you want when you're holding a baby, you really want to kiss that baby. So that's just that's just oh, yeah. saying I mean that's gonna be hard. You're gonna need some reminders. Oh, I I, I would have a tough time with this Crompton woman because I'm I'm a baby kisser. Everyone you, know, is. you get me a, you get me around a baby. I'm I'm like a, a, a politician i'm like joe biden i'd be right in there just loving that baby rubbing its shoulders every (laughs) look it's like saying don't nuzzle a puppy you get a baby near you you want to just you know but i but it's smart don't kiss a baby i think the washing your hands thing don't visit the baby when you're sick uh the i the like if you haven't checked on her don't expect to come visit the baby Yes, but also are all now are there all these people who pop up out of the woodwork, climb out of the woodwork, whatever the phrase is, who uh, materialize and who are like, baby, I want to come visit the baby, even though I haven't been in communication with you for nine months. Maybe there are maybe not in my I don't feel like there were in my life, but maybe that's a thing. It probably is, especially in England. And also, you think about it, all these rules she's making, they are all sound as rules on how to treat a baby. But she's making these hard-set rules for who? Her family and friends. You know, people mm-hmm. who she should have a light touch with in life. And yes. I don't mind the rules, but to use a baby pun, it's the delivery. <laughs> 
I love it. Uh, <laughs> um, listen, there are times that I would agree with you. I have not experienced any of them, but I could conceive oh another pun could conceive of a situation where I would agree with you especially now this is not going to win me any friends but uh, some of this like self-care I got to set boundaries stuff that is so popular with the young people look I agree with self-care I agree with boundaries I agree with all that but the execution of it is a little bit um it uh it i find it uh a little bit overly like abrasive and at times narcissistic seeming that being said i don't actually have a problem with her video which is interesting because like i said i would think that i would but i don't i think because as a new mom she is going to be in a frazzled anxious tired state And she's probably already there as someone who's pregnant. So I think for her to just be able to say, here's my rules, and to feel like she's crossed that off her list. um, Now, would it have been better if she could have just emailed this to the people? Yes. Would it be better if she used a little bit of a gentler touch? Yes. Did she need to send this to 600,000 people? Not really. But I don't really have a problem with it. I do understand why you do, though. You know, you made a really good point about self-care. And I think this is this is the thing where people are weaponizing self-care mm. to beat to as a they're using it as a as a cudgel. Cudgel. Yeah, they're yeah. cudgeling with their self-care, which mm-hmm. to me now seems kind of off-putting and you're just using it as an excuse to lord over people and to have some kind of power because you're this baby-making thing because you have propagated the species. You know, right. Yes. Right. There's probably a way to do it that that's a little bit gentler to get to communicate. Here are some preferences I have for to make our visit go smoothly. What do you think of her things like, please don't post pictures of my baby? Who the hell is posting photos of somebody else's baby on Facebook or Instagram? People actually do do stuff like that. So maybe if it's like a really close relative, like it was my sister or something, then maybe yeah. I go, "Oh, it's my new niece. Welcome, new niece, to the world." New niece—that's a weird name. Yeah. So, do you think that I'm just saying? Since, do you, like, what's the best in Todd's world? What's the best way for her to get this information across? Is it an email? Is it to tell each each visitor? No, I think it's just like you had the baby and then maybe you send a photo to the immediate family and be like, oh, we're going to do a a cool announcement. So hush, hush till then. Yeah. You know, and and I wouldn't say it in an English accent. I'll tell you that. (laughs) There's so many accents to choose from. Valley girl, down Mm -hmm. south. Yeah. Upworthy Weekly. Master storyteller Elise Myers has people rolling at her, quote, edible plates wedding mishap. In a response to the question, what's one of the funniest things that's happened to you as a cater waiter? Cater waiter? Is that what they're called? A cater waiter? Yes, they are. Cater waiter. Yeah. Really? You haven't heard that before? 
No, I just it's where have the you caterer. been, Todd? Where have you been? A cater waiter is like you do like you know like one offs like weddings or parties things like that, and you're like serving the past appetizers and things like that. Past apps we call them in the cater waiter industry. You're like a a freelance server. Yes. Okay. Oh, they're actually in LA. They're yeah. called writers. They're called writers. <laughs> TikToker Elise Myers describes how she was working a wedding for a bride who requested that all of the service items, plates, bowls, cups, etc., be edible. Odd request, Myers thought, but she went through with it, informing the guests that they could eat their plate right along with their mini quiches. She even tried it herself. As the caption says, turns out it was as weird as I thought I was. Thought it was. Just wait for the end. And now let's hear the story. It's one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me as a cater waiter. Great question. I would love to tell you. It's 3.30 for a 5 o'clock start. Our shift lead is giving us a rundown of the night, and he tells us the bride specifically requested edible everything. Plates, cutlery, cups, napkins, the whole shebang. And I think, what in the Willy Wonka is this? One of the people alongside of me said, it's so beautiful. It's a perfect combination of classy and eco-friendly. It's like you're eating and drinking from the earth. And I just think this is a logistical nightmare. Do they not consider the fact that it's a humid LA night? All of this stuff is just going to start like shrink wrapping itself around the food. I'm tray passing mini quiches like my life depends on it. And after seven or eight people of grabbing the mini quiche and not eating the plate that it was served on, because why would they ever assume that they can eat a plate? I decided to tell people because this was such a specific request by the bride that I'm like, This obviously is important to her. So I am explaining, you can actually eat the plate. The looks I got, unmatched. I've never felt so crazy in my entire life. My plate is empty. I go to the back, restock my mini quiches, and I go now and stock the guest table, the hors d'oeuvre table, where people can go and get more as they need. As I am doing this, the bride walks up and she goes, have you had a chance to taste anything yet? And I was like, not yet. We eat later. And she goes, you have to try the quiche. It's my grandma's recipe. She's no longer with us. And we wanted to incorporate her in our wedding in some way, shape or form. So the quiche is how we did it. You have to try it with me. And I said, great. I would love to do that. So I grab some. I put the whole thing in my mouth, plate and all. I chew. I swallow. It's so good. She's like, did you just eat the plate? I was like, mm-hmm. It's edible. She's like, the plate is edible? I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. You asked for it. She's like, no, I didn't. So I went and talked to my shift lead. It turns out I don't know the difference between edible and biodegradable. (laughs) Thank you. I have no idea how many people ended up eating things that were not edible that night. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. So gross, though. Oh yeah, I, I I don't know. It was kind of like starts working on the plate and it's like oh, tastes like Dixie, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine what like <clears throat> what was the material that a biodegradable plate would be. What did she eat? It's not styrofoam. If it's styrofoam, then that's really bad. Then there's gonna be a lot of pretty sick people. But you know, you think about it. Heck, it, it, styrofoam doesn't biodegrade. Right. Right. So I'd assume it doesn't digest either like that. That plate's coming right out as it went in. Right. I'm trying to think of what I'm like a person who's trying to figure out how a magic trick gets done. But I'm just trying to think what is something that you actually could chew and swallow? What kind of plate would allow for that? 
I think one made out of sugar water. You know, they have like bar fights in movies and they have those like fake beer oh, bottles yeah. or, like that, right. like something like that. You... Kind of like when mm-hmm. Willy Wonka eats the uh, the tea server. Sure. Okay. You know, something like that. I, I, you know, I thought that again, she's doing a, a wedding in LA and people can have some pretty weird, uh, weird people could be in some weird stuff in LA and it would not be crazy for everything to be edible. So they, it was almost a correct, not, you're not crazy to make that assumption. Plus people get into really weird stuff when they get married. It's just like with the kid, you know, where they beat people over the head with their taste at wet right. weddings. Like... You're going to you're going to enjoy this quiche. And it's like nobody likes quiche, you know. <laughs> Some people do. It's time to rate your week. Have something great happen this week that you just have to share with the world? Tell us about it by emailing us at upworthyweekly@upworthy.com. Allison, on a scale of one to five, one being terrible and five being scrum-diddly-umptious, rate your week. <coughs> Excuse me, this week <coughs> was a two. This was a very not great, it was a tough week. Um, there was a COVID exposure at my son's school, so uh, we had these, but the, the boy and uh, the boy who got COVID is okay. We are friends with him, and I uh, he's fine, uh, thankfully. But there were these two birthday parties that we were very excited to go to. There was going to be a magic show at one of them, and Elliot is super into magic. Uh, and so we ended up not being able to go to either of them, and there were some tears over that. Uh, mm. But it was the kind of thing where we were, we were all really excited about them. And we had been like looking forward to this weekend for, for a couple weeks. So we weren't able to go. So everyone was really bummed about that. Um, and then they've been home all week and we haven't had childcare, which has just been very hard. Uh, as it turns out, there was a mix up and Owen, we tried to send Owen on Monday and got turned away which was confusing because actually Elliot could have gone because he's vaccinated, but we chose to keep him home for a variety of, it's a long story why, but we did try to send Owen and then got turned away. But then when we received a copy of the COVID protocols, actually he could have gone. So that was just kind of like, what? Uh, and I, I should have asked for clarification, but instead I felt sort of like ashamed that I had tried to send him. And then I was like, I, you know what, if something doesn't seem right to me, instead of just being like, oh, I'm sorry, I guess I just don't get it. I should just speak up. Um, anyway, I, I have, I'm, I've been going on so long. Sorry. I, for, I, I, oh, this is not a therapy session. This is a podcast that's supposed to be entertaining. And I forgot. Anyway, this week blue. I give it a two. Okay. Are you a better person than you were last week? Like, probably not, except that I did, like I said, I had that little bit of realization that if something is confusing to me and doesn't sit right, instead of just accepting it and being like, okay, I guess I have made an error, I need, to, I really need to do it, do another lap on it next time because it didn't feel right to me. 
I figured, I guess I'm wrong. And as it turned out, I wasn't wrong. And I should have asked. So I'm a slight, slightly better person because I realized that. But not really a better person. I feel like it's a running theme with you. It's like something made you uncomfortable, you blamed yourself, and then way down the road realized you probably weren't wrong about being uncomfortable about something. Oh, my God. It's a running theme in my life, Todd. My Dad. life. Jeez. Yeah. Ugh. I just want to be mm-hmm. themeless. You got to be themeless. You got to get. You got to go clear. You got to get to OT8. And, yes. Uh, how do I, how much, how, who do I pay? Where do I start? We, we can talk about it after the show. I know some people. Uh, listen, Todd, on a scale of one being just utterly awful to five being amazing, how was your week? Well, we are twins this week. Twins with twos. Mm. And it all started on Monday. Uh, I was, you know, my, my alarm went off. I, I wake up at like 6.45-ish, you know, to get the kid ready for school. And my wife was already up and she was outside of our house uh there was like it's like a small perch uh near our roof so with like a three space foot opening and it's about eight foot off the ground that's outside the house and she sees an orange tabby cat there Hmm. so you know she's sitting there and she goes oh i want to help the cat down which is very sweet of her you know and the cat was just making some noises and jeez sorry where was i I think the cat's so, back. Yeah, so the cat the cat was up there. My wife wanted to help the cat down. So I I supported this because I'm all about feline safety. We know this. Uh, you love cats. I love cats. I really do. But my wife was up there saving the cat, and so she gets... It was a very cute orange tabby. looked kind of like mm-hmm. Heathcliff, if not a cartoon. And so she gets the cat down, and the cat runs off. About 15 minutes later... I look and I see a commotion going on in my pool. Uh-oh. What do I see swimming in the pool? But a rat. Oh no. And the rat like they have like the, the filter of the pool that goes down into the water but it kind of floats up top. The rat was holding on to the fil- uh, the filter tube in order to like, you know, not drown and die or to get tired. But it was swimming around a little bit and then going back trying to figure out how to get out of the pool. So then I realized that's why the cat wasn't there. It wasn't lost. It wasn't a poor kitty that couldn't find its way that needed to be sent home. It was perched up there to pounce on that rat when it got out of the pool because the cat could not get in the pool. Yeah. When you, when, you're, when you said you wanted to save the poor kitty, I was thinking, I don't know that, I don't know what situation, I don't know that the cat would need saving from being up on a high, high area. Well, you know, we so don't own happen. a cat. We don't own a cat. We right. don't know how they behave. We don't, yeah. you know, but we love animals. So my wife, you know, got the cat to safety. So I said, well, okay, here's what I can do. I can either save the rat. Mm. There's no books about screenwriting called Save the Rat. <laughs> what? what? Oh, do you know what I'm talking about? There's a no. famous book. There's a, I don't know if it's a book or just a theory called Save the Cat. Uh, which is in a movie, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to botch this, but it's like in a movie you have a character save a cat to show that it's if you're trying to telegraph that the, even though this guy does bad things, it's actually a good guy. You have them save oh. a cat to indicate to the audience that it's a good guy. So save the cat. It's like a 
Anyway. Got it. I'm glad I wasted time sharing this story. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, good. I didn't know. I was like, was that a bad See, now joke we know you're a- or a, re- a reference? You know? It's a reference. Got now it. we know well, you're a good guy because you saved the cat. Well, she, my wife saved the cat. Then we know and, she's a good guy. Yeah, she's a good dude. She's an awesome dude. And so I, I brought out this, the pool skiv, and I got the I hoisted the rat out, keeping it at a distance because I don't want to get rabies again. And then I dumped the rat off by the corner of the pool, and it kind of caught its rat breath, and then scampered on. So, you know, this this goes into a better person, not a better person. This dovetails, they, they kind of intertwine here. So I thought to myself, you know what, Todd? You're a pretty good guy because nobody likes rats. Right. You know, there are a lot of fleas on rats, as Frenchie and Grease said. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, rat goes away. I'm, I'm smug walking back into my house and everything's fine. But then, that Uh-oh. night I'm sleeping. Oh, no. Oh, no! And I hear something in the eaves of my living room. Oh, no. And the, now my dog that was, like, bred to kill rats, uh, rat he's terrier. losing, yeah, he's losing his, his, his Vulcan mind, as they say, and he can't sleep. He's like, ha, 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 ha. so then me and my wife can't sleep because the dog's waking up, running around the house, and then I get up and I see the rat run across the kitchen floor, and I'm the barefoot. The same rat. The same, the same rat. You recognize bastard. him. Oh, I know. You, you guys have a history. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we knew. We knew each other. And the thing was, yeah. I thought that there was an unspoken rule that yeah, I save you from the pool. You don't mess around in my house. I think so, he took it probably as an invitation. Oh, because oh, I just put a big, a big rats wanted sign. <laughs> so, so. Now my wife's obviously upset, and it's my job. Is my wife? My wife goes, you know, I pick and choose when gender roles come into play, but you're killing the rat. We all do. Yeah, yeah. It's it's great to be a woman. It really is. So I uh, I had one of those rat things where it electrocutes them, so it's really quick and painless. Like you stick some peanut butter in, they walk in and goes, and they zap them. So I've been moving that about the house, and I can't killed a little thing and it's been all week i have not got a good night's sleep because the dog's losing its mind i saw the little effer running in the eaves of my house and it's it's creating a problem in our relationship because my wife thinks i'm an ineffectual man because i cannot kill the rat because it won't climb into this death trap because it's too smart yeah maybe it doesn't like peanut butter i put peanut butter in there but anyway well that's so that has made my week miserable because I've been tired all the time. I've been not feeling like a man. Mm. And then you know how gross it is? We're just like laying in bed going, Oh my god, there's gonna be a rat that's gonna run over my head or like start talking yes. in my ear. Oh I do, Todd. Um, this is awful. It's truly something of nightmares. When I lived in New York, we had a mouse problem. Thankfully, not a rat problem, but we had a mouse problem. It went on for months until finally we called an exterminator who was able to just, I don't know why we didn't do this earlier. And it's actually what I recommend you do. Uh, yeah, I don't mean to suggest that Mm. a professional Mm. man could handle a job that you, Mm. Todd, can't, but it's probably what you should do. Yeah. Can you lure it outside? I don't know. What are these big 
piece of cheese. Be like, come here, come yeah. here. And I whack it with the pool skiff. Do you have any idea how it's getting in and out? Or do you think Mm-mm. it's just living in your house right now? I think it's just taking up residence. It's like living in the wall. Can you move? Well, yeah. Well, I was just thinking the next solution is burn down the entire house. Bring the cat back. Upworthy Weekly. All right. A world traveler saved $28,000 in hotel stays by watching people's cats. 32-year-old writer Madeline <clears throat> Gorley, excuse me, has traveled the U.S. and Australia avoiding hotels and instead staying in people's homes in exchange for watching their cats. She documents this on her blog, One Cat at a Time. She estimates she saved about 28000 in hotel bills doing so. Uh, she's a big cat fan, grew up with cats. Her mom loves cats. And she says she will only do this in exchange for watching cats. So take Mm. a seat, iguana owners. Uh, She recently did a 75-day trip across America looking after 15 different cats in nine different homes in seven different cities across the country. She says the great thing is that cats are easy to take care of, only taking about 15 minutes in the morning, 15 uh, minutes in the evening. So just 30 minutes a day in exchange uh, for staying in people's homes. Doesn't cost anything for her. So, you know, she estimates that she would have spent about $28,000 staying in hotels all the years she's been doing this. But instead, she stays in people's homes for free, watches their cats for half an hour a day. You know, I, I really like the fact that she's saving money doing this. But, you know, I just I just couldn't. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could sit and babysit the cats because you think about that. Like, she's going into a house with a cat that she doesn't know. Okay. Well, I mean, it could, right, it could Todd. bite her. Uh They've got dander, right? Uh, they, do, they do that thing where they spray, where I still don't know where the spray comes from. I've never seen it happen, but I've smelt it. She could get sprayed, and then she'd be marked. Uh, cats carry plague, especially if she's going to Europe <laughs> where, you know, they have plague every couple hundred years. You know, I just don't, I just don't think it's a safe way to save money. I just, I just don't. So you think she's been lucky that it's worked out so well for her so far? Yeah, I think she has. I think she has, but I think she's rolling the dice every time. I would do it uh, if they had tortoises. Like if, if there was like, you know, hey, you get to go spend two weeks in Germany watching somebody's tortoises. Totally fine. They're so loving. You know, I would, I would share my bed, you know, with the tortoises. <laughs> it would be a beautiful thing. <laughs> There's nothing I don't more even loving. think... I don't think I would go into people's... I don't want to, want to stay in people's homes. I, I'm a, a real hotel elst. <laughs> and with that... <laughs> I'd like to thank everybody for listening to Upworthy Weekly. I'd like to thank Allison Rosen for uh, hanging out with me here. Thank you. And come back and come back, listen next week and you'll find out if... They charge for calling 911. Yes! Upworthy Weekly was produced by Todd Perry. Follow Upworthy on all socials at Upworthy. Allison is on Twitter at Allison Rosen. And Todd at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Questions, comments, or to tell us about your amazing week, email us at UpworthyWeekly at Upworthy.com. I'm Marley Balin. Have a great week.